You were listening to the Give Me Five podcast special edition on the season seven finale for Game of Thrones, The Dragon and the Wolf. And the wardrobe. Yo, yo. Real talk. Down I needed to do this song. Yeah, I'm a nerd. It's a big secret, but I'm a nerd. And I love these books. If you watch it on HBO and think you know what's going on, I appreciate that. The people who waited five years for dance, this one's for you. Check it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Give Me Five podcast special editions where we break down and recap every episode of Game of Thrones. This is the final episode of season seven, and we're going to do something a little special for you. First of all, it's a little bit of a longer episode, both of the show and of the podcast. So we will go a little bit long, but at the end of it, stay tuned. We're going to make some predictions that are sure to be horribly incorrect for next season for season eight uh, we're also going to answer some viewer questions and take some viewer comments towards the end as well um and we're going to uh try our best not to swear even though this episode was just full of all sorts of cock talk and this episode will be full of all sorts of inaccurate beeping yes and this true. episode will be chock full of spoilers so, fair warning, guys, if you haven't seen the finale of Season 7 of Game of Thrones yet, then you probably shouldn't listen to this. But once you have, do come back to us and check us out. Yeah, but seriously, though, like, if you have an hour and a half to spend on listening to a podcast about the last episode of the season of Game of Thrones, you really yeah. should just watch the last episode of Game of Thrones. Who are you? Yeah, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> what have you been doing with your life? You're doing it wrong. All right, that's right, and you'll have to forgive me if I mess this up. I've been a little under the weather, and with all the NyQuil, who knows what's going to happen. But if you've got any questions, you can send us to send them to us on Twitter, at GiveMe5Pod, or on Instagram, GiveMe5Pod. You can find us on Facebook, just look up GiveMe5Podcast, or you can email your questions to us at GiveMe5Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll try to answer your questions. Look at Rob, all showing up injured. And sick, just to gloat about the zombie dragon thing. Zombie dragons, baby! <laughs> yeah, we actually do see them again in this episode. Because you can't get enough zombie dragons. Oh, I can. Okay, Jimmy, take us into the episode. This episode begins with a pretty awesome shot of the unsullied armor ar army arriving at King's Landing. Right at the, the walls of King's Landing. And, and it wasn't a have... shot of their armor, too. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. You're welcome. You know, we cut to to behind that wall where it's, my friends kept asking, well, where are they? Where are they? Well, they're at King's Landing. So let's just go ahead and establish that and get that out of the way now. And you've got a pretty uh, a medieval uh, method of repulsion being employed on the other side of the wall where soldiers are preparing pitch. And that is to be dumped on the oncoming Unsullied Army. And that actually has two functions because one you can boil the pitch and have it be burning so that when an ar when an invading army approaches the walls you can dump the burning pitch on them and it burns everybody but the other thing is also you can make french fries with it oh this is true this because you're going to turn all those invaders into french fries because what you do with it then is you shoot an arrow at it or you know at least the theory was that you could light it on fire so you could ignite it somehow and then all the pitch all over the field would then catch fire and it would deter anybody else who would come in and this is where the beginning of our cock talk st starts and you know Braun uh, again yes. 
endearing himself to the the audience by basically looking out at the Unsullied. And there's, of course, many rumors about the Unsullied. And he's like, well, you wouldn't find me in the army if I didn't have a cock. They have been castrated. So, And, and there's this great little back and forth between Jamie and Braun about the whole cock thing. And they, they've kind of determined that yeah, maybe it is all about the cocks in the end. Because, you know, Braun's like, you wouldn't find me in the army if I didn't have a cock. And, you know, they go back and forth and Jamie's like, well, you know, they do it for their family. And Braun's like, which you wouldn't have if you didn't have a cock. <laughs> <laughs> which is always great banter. I mean, Braun has, has quickly be- become one of my favorites. Uh, just his he's neutral, but he's loyal and he's he's funny, you know, which means he's probably going to die. Exactly. He's a he's a good guy who I would not want to meet on the the wrong side of the coin i guess um we see the dothraki uh the dothraki part of daenerys's army come up and split through showing us a, a contrast of the two styles the unsullied stand there you know very stoic silent and the we've got the screaming dothraki horde whipping around into a fury yeah and if they weren't already worried with the numerous unsullied standing in front of king's landing as soon as the dothraki show up whose numbers dwarf the Unsullied, and they've got horses, it's like, huh, we're going to need more pitch. <laughs> this, <laughs> How this many barrels did you make? This isn't going to work. Um, what do we do now? <laughs> he says, what, how many did you make? A hundred? Well, make a hundred more. Make it five. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to cut to outside of King's Landing now and actually talk to some of our heroes. And Jon Snow and Tyrion are hanging out out there, and we have the Hound checking on a uh, white that they've captured, in, and it's in a box. And it's really not happy about it. It's it's screaming, wiggling around. Um, totally would make an excellent Halloween decoration. Oh, especially that. if you could kick it over while the little kids are walking up to the door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a terrible person. Problems. Oh, man, that NyQuil. He can't blame that on the NyQuil. I've been around him enough to know that that was not oh, the NyQuil uh... talking. Oh man, some of the decorations we did at your house were great. There were a whole lot of characters up on up on that hill and getting ready to head on in. Um, I tried to start naming them all, and they were all big name characters. And it was really the first time we've seen that many characters together at the same time. And it actually just gets more crazy. Basically, anybody who's not Sansa or Arya or Bran is there at King's Landing. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. I think those are the only three. Ma- well, in Littlefinger, everybody who's still at Winterfell are the only ones who are not at King's Landing at the. So they all gather in this arena with a couple uh, seating boxes, but they're on the gr- on the grounds. And I think it was the arena where where Daenerys's father used to burn people alive with his dragons. Yeah, it was the the dragon the dragon arena. Yeah, where they kept the dragons chained up. So they all meet there. They keep on revealing more characters that are there, which is crazy. First, it's just the regular characters, and then you realize. Gendry's there, and Brienne, and Braun, and the uh, crazy-ass pirate Euron is there. You're in Greyjoy. You're yeah, you're in Greyjoy. And can I just say about the uh, the Dragon Arena? I was I was a little I was a little surprised with how small it seemed once Daenerys showed up with her dragon. Because I mean I because um, Tyrion and Jon were talking about it and how it must have been a sight to behold, you know, when when the dragons were here and all of that. And he said that, you know, at the end, the dragons were really no more bigger than dogs and and whatnot. But it must have been amazing to see. Was it Valerian the Dread? The the really the really really big dragon, the one that Aegon the Conqueror rode. He said it must have been amazing to see that. But if if that dragon's bigger than Drogon. I don't know that that arena would hold that dragon. It didn't. It didn't look all that big once Drogon yeah, got when there. Drogon arrived and he climbed down the side of it. It was. 
it was impressive CG, first of all, but it was impressive the way he like stepped down onto like a lower tier and then stepped into the arena. And kept his eyes locked forward the whole time. But it didn't seem like it would hold a much bigger dragon than Drogon. No, that's correct. I, I was a little underwhelmed as well. Um, there was so much side-eye when they were introducing the connections between the characters. It really made my, my stomach tense up. You know, who was going to jump out first? Who was going to make the first move? And I, I believe the first kind of strong connection that we had were between the two brothers in their lovely reunion. Well, actually, no, I think I think the first one was um, Brienne and the Hound. That was that was on the way up to I mean, they, they had their moment on the way up right. to uh, on the way up to the arena because they well, the actually hadn't, in- right. They, they actually hadn't seen they, they hadn't seen each other since uh, their split when Brienne pretty much almost killed the Hound kicked him off a mountain or whatever yeah they did have a nice little reunion it was sweet but yeah then uh the hound wanders over to the mountain or the corpse of that used to be the mountain reanimated and, yeah reanimated corpse done by bill nye the lannister guy and <laughs> the uh walks over him kind of gets face to face with him and mountain's kind of glaring down he's like ah look at you you're uglier than me now and uh basically says i don't think this is how our story ends and yeah, there's a little more for you coming. Yeah, thrilling rhetoric from the mountain. Yes, just who never says really... a word. <laughs> so that's that's really the Clegane brothers for those of you that are trying or knowing things by different names, but the Clegane brothers, the the mountain yes. and the hound, Sandor and Gregor. And and I my my first prediction is going to be that in season eight we're going to have the Clegane brothers throw down. At some point, it's got to happen. I think. Every- Settle down with your predictions. Those are later. Oh, man. And uh, we've got, of course, rock star Euron Greyjoy has to jump up and say his piece. He gets in, in Tyrion's face and he's, you know, trash talking uh, Theon and says, oh, hey, by the way, I have your sister and I'm going to kill her. Basically tries to derail the whole the whole meeting altogether. Yeah, when he jumped up and started spouting off, I was just like, oh, man, he's going to be the one to to throw this thing off? Really? It was kind of my thought. Yeah, but he gets called back, though, right? Doesn't, doesn't Cersei call him back? Cersei reels him in. Yeah, tells him to sit down. So Tyrion does his thing. Um, I won't quote him word for word, but he basically says there's a bunch of people here that have suffered each other's hands, they hate each other, they don't like each other, they've killed each other's families, they've killed each other's friends, etc., etc., but oh, we have a big a problem. problem. Yep. <clears throat> and that's when they have, that's when they have the Hound do this really long slogging walk upstairs. I mean, they brought it in on a wagon. I don't understand how the thing got stored downstairs, but, because the, the cart came in the same way they did, but he brings this crate up from downstairs and drops it down, and you've got this really, like, kind of comedic situation where he's, you know, very, very frighteningly opening the box. He's like, oh, you know, is it going to pop out now? Oh, is it going to pop out now? And he pulls off the bolts, and he lifts the lid off and jumps back, and nothing happens. Yeah, there was a part of me that expected it to be, like, liquefied by the sun or something. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. Like zombie goop or something. But needless to say, he looks in the box kicks it over, and then the white comes charging out. I mean, you know it's coming, but it's still a jump scare. So the white comes charging out directly at Cersei, and she finally sees the undead for the first time in the entire series. Other than the one that's been guarding her for the past, like, two years. Yeah, yeah, but but she seems legitimately 
creeped out by it. She was ta- she was I I honestly think at this point that she was surprised. She didn't expect that. She didn't know what she was going to get. She didn't really believe the stories, but this thing is dead. And you know, the the hound kind of keeps it from running in and attacking and basically he shows everybody present that these things don't die. I mean, he he um he cuts it in half and it doesn't bleed. It still kind of just crawls on the ground. He hop, he hacks off one of its arms, and the thing is still kind of crawling around, and everybody's just just absolutely terrified, except for Bill Nye, the Lannister guy, who was, like, totally enthralled. And he, like, picks up the hand, and he's inspecting it, you know, the hand that was chopped off, and he's inspecting it. Kind of like, how'd they do this? I need to figure this out kind of thing going on. And then John gives a whole speech on how it, how it can be, uh, how they can defeat the White Walkers, and is basically like, look, We've got a bigger problem. This is the only problem we need to fight right now. We need a truce. So at this point in seeing the white uh, after the Jon Snow magic show, I guess, where they show the effects of dragon glass and fire on the white, Euron Greyjoy says to Daenerys, he says, um, don't you live on an island? Or he asked, you know, can these things swim? To which the answer is no. And he says to Danny, uh, I suggest you go back to your island where they can't get you. I'm going to go and do the same thing. And we can meet up afterwards. Yeah. Basically runs away like a little girl. Bill by the Lannister guy. Uh, so the conversation continues. Cersei basically says that he that she does believe Jon Snow because he is Ned Stark's son and said that Ned Stark is basically honest and he's always true to his word. And and she does agree that this this threat needs to be addressed before anything else continues. Yeah. And so as a result, there. so as a result, she basically says, you know, if what I forget exactly what she said about Jon Snow, like she said that she wants his word that he'll return to the north. And uh, yeah, that's what she, so seriously that, wants that the king in the north will stay in the north and that any future disputes between her and Daenerys will be strictly between her and Daenerys and that Jon Snow will not aid on basically will not aid Daenerys, but. You know, that he'll just stay in the north and not get involved in any battle that they have. Yeah. And then that's when Jon Snow basically says, I've already taken the knee for Daenerys and has pledged myself to her or pledged the north to her, which, of course, pisses off Cersei. Yes. And were you guys thinking because because and Jon says that he can't serve two queens. He's already bent the knee to Daenerys and he cannot he cannot uphold something that he knows that. Or he cannot make a promise that he knows he can't uphold. Um, and as I'm watching this thing, and it's and at this point, the whole meeting is starting to unravel. You know, Cersei's like, "Well, screw you guys. Then you get you get nothing from me. You know, whatever." Um, because my whole thought was, Daenerys, just just release him, release him from his oath. Because if she does that, I mean, I mean, maybe it's just not that easy, but. Yeah, my I, mind I wasn't going that fast, so I, I didn't. I actually really didn't consider that. But you're right. But you know, I guess it at that you know because at that point, if if Daenerys releases him from his oath, and then Cersei asks him again and says, "Will you stay in the North?" He can at that point say yes because he's not you know. But I don't know that he would be willing to do that. You know, that'd be a little bit more a little bit more tricky and maybe you know not believe. Well, right before he opened his mouth, when Cersei did pose that, you know, uh, pose that scenario, the camera did cut to Danny, and she nods in approval. At least I thought in approval of that to John. Like she was giving him permission to do that. 
like saying, yeah, it's cool. But then, then again, the nods. Like, nah. Then again, the nods in this episode were really confusing, and we'll get into more of that a little bit later. But sure. But yeah, so, I, I I do I do see what you're saying there. So, but John, you know, straight up and being being who he is and being raised by who he was, uh, right. or who raised him, Ned Stark, who was who was um, almost revered as like being an honest and straightforward person, um, someone who you knew where you stood with, and he kind of kept those ideals. His his honor wouldn't let him do that. Speaking of loyalty, um, after Cersei basically says, all right, good luck with your little war. We'll take the leftovers. We'll be fine. Uh, Brienne catches up with Jamie, who, you know, they have a history together. And, you know, Jamie basically says, hey, I'm loyal to Queen Cersei. And Brienne says, you know, basically, f loyalty. This is bigger than that. And Jamie's like, what? Whatever, get away. And yeah, peace out. Yeah. I love my sister. We gonna have a baby. Yeah. And and Daenerys is a little upset with Jon for not agreeing to the terms. Um, you know, she from her point of view, her dragon died to get them the opportunity to come for this truce so that they could fight the White Walkers. And she she says she's grateful, but you know, there's there's other things at stake here, and John is basically like, "Look, you know, I can't I can't do that. I can't make a promise that I won't be able to." Yeah, so they're basically at an, at a standstill, um, and, and they're starting to toss around. Well, who's gonna? You know, somebody needs to go to talk to Cersei, and, and Tyrion volunteers to potentially be murdered by Cersei <laughs> as as everyone kind of stands around in the the little the little dragon court. Um, <laughs> John offers would, but would definitely be Mordored in, in Greg's show, show yeah. notes. Again, autocorrect. And yeah, he, so why did Tyrion, it autocorrect to Mordored? <laughs> yeah, Tyrion yeah, goes off. Was, was pretty awesome. Where John's like, oh, I'm going to go, but I'd definitely be murdered. Yeah. And Tyrion's like, well, I'm about to step in the room with the most murderous woman in the world. and uh, yeah. Who has already tried to kill him twice. Yeah. And um, Jamie's like, you're dumb. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Go ahead, idiot. And of course, to show just how dangerous it is, the mountain does follow him in. So showing the definite size difference between the two of them. So now we have a conversation between Tyrion and Cersei. Some heated conversation. First of all, that was one of the best acted conversations I've seen on television this year. Peter Dinklage doesn't win some sort of award or get some sort of nomination for it. Then I'm not entirely sure what those awards for because he it was just fantastic. Him talking about his it nephews. Was that he inadvertently led to death oh, in some cases was absolutely fantastic. The Yeah, and even Cersei, you know, Lena Headey was it was they were both standing I I think on very emotional ground. And And go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, and the thing that I really loved about this conversation is while the whole conversation is going on, Cersei is giving all these little subtle tells and she plays it off if if she's not doing it intentionally she she completely sells it as just nonchalant kind of um not thinking about it type stuff where she's like touching her belly and and she basically yes. tips Tyrion that she's pregnant and everything about the conversation was was so nonchalant and just so like absent of thought that she was doing these things that it totally sold that she had no idea that she was completely tipping her hand to Tyrion that she was pregnant. 
and Tyrion goes, I thought, I, I guess probably the comic relief of that conversation, Tyrion goes after an emotional plea and just downs a cup of wine, downs another some. cup of wine, pours her some, pushes it forward, and she refuses. Yeah, she just doesn't Which, take it. Maybe that's, you know, that's another tell. And, and that's and exactly the, when Tyrion's like, the cup of wine, pregnant, aren't you? Yeah, the, the cup of wine immediately followed the, the, um, kill me now. If you want to kill me, kill me now, kill me. And, and he waits and there's this really tense moment when you're like, is seriously going to tell the mountain to kill him? Is she going to tell you him to what? kill him? I expected and then it. She, I, so did I, I totally thought he was going to die. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> And so, and so she. I'd be doesn't... scared to drink any wine just being left out at any of these places. Right. So many people get poisoned. And, and so like, she, she doesn't nope. have the mountain kill him, and that's when he walks over and he's like, "Oh my god, I need a drink. <laughs> I'm gonna drink <laughs> and, this and whole bottle." And that's when he downs that entire glass of wine. So, which leads to him just kind of stopping, looking at Cersei and saying. You're pregnant, aren't you? Because they were having this whole conversation, and Cersei's talking about the future, and she's rubbing her belly, and she's giving all these little yep. subtle cues. And she you was see, really hungry. And you see Tyrion kind of like pick up on all these cues, and at that point, um, that's he, he, he's like, "You're pregnant, aren't you?" We cut back to the Dragon Bowl, and John and Danny are having a discussion, and Danny's basically like, "Those were my children. This is why. She, this is where she was pissed. She's like, those were my children, the dragons.'" And I'm never going to have any children of my own. Oh, a witch told me right before he killed my she killed my husband. And John's like, well, maybe that witch isn't exactly the best source of, of information. Yeah. And and if you remember correctly, the the witch never said she couldn't have children again. The the witch's the witch's prophecy was something like she asked when her when her call would come back to her. And the witch said something like, when mountains crumble, when the seas run dry, when your womb quickens again. But she doesn't explicitly say that you will never have children again or that you can't have children again. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yes. You have impeccable memory for these prophecies. <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've watched a lot of the show and I've done a little bit of research as well. So That's because I'm like. I'm like, has has she really been told that she can't have kids? Because that seems kind of miraculous. So at the point where they're discussing how f they might be, which is the exact term, which I'm sure will be f***ed out, uh, Tyrion arrives back. About 15 minutes after you say it. Like, <laughs> now. Tyrion walks back into the arena by himself, and John and Danny look with, you know, great concern as it's very quickly shown that Tyrion's not alone. Uh, he is flanked by the Mountain, Cersei, uh, Bill Nye, the Lannister guy. And she comes with kind of a really surprising that Yeah, statement. I was going to say, yeah. Because what she agreed to or what she said, I was like, wow, really? Tyrion? Yeah, and what was that, Rob? You're magic, dude. Because she comes out and she says, all right, my armies will not pull back. And you're like, oh, here it comes. She basically says her armies aren't going to pull back. They're not going to come back to King's Landing. They're going to go to the front and fight side by side with you. And they were like, wait, what? <laughs> and hopefully Danny will remember that after yes. the Great War. Yes. Since we're talking about the North, let's go there. So Sansa receives a letter and it basically says, hey, John bent the knee. And Littlefinger is trying to get Sansa to be pretty angry about this. And she's basically like, look, you're up here. He's not. You can take the kingship away. His little weaselly fingers. 
and Littlefinger reveals a little bit of how he works, and he basically looks at every situation, everyone he's talking to, in the worst case scenario. He's like, what's the worst situation that this person can get me in right now? And he reacts to those people and tries to stop that from happening. And that's kind of been his MO for the entire series. You know, yeah, what, what are the sure. worst motives that they could possibly have? And he basically follows that up with this like, you know, well, why did Arya come to Winterfell? Why did she unearth this letter? And Sansa basically gives all these answers like, well, Arya is trying to be to the Lady me. of Winterfell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, become the Lady of Winterfell. Littlefinger guides her into having this revelation that, oh, well, Arya wants to, like you said, be the Lady of Winterfell and kind of ends that conversation well with, you know, that revelation that, oh, Arya wants to kill me. At which point I just put my head in my hands and I said, I was oh, like, man. no, Sansa, stop. Oh, I was so mad at that point. <laughs> I was as well. I was like, I can't believe you're falling for this crap again. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, Littlefinger's gonna win this one. I don't, I don't understand what is going on here. Why? I figured yeah. it was too obvious. I, fi I actually was like, no. Nope. I really thought at this point, I'm like, there's no way that they're not baiting him because they're not gonna have a character grow out of bad decisions and immediately fall back into it, especially after saying multiple times that she does not trust him. That's well, the, but the whole thing is, is that Sansa has a very long track record of making very poor decisions. And and I did not feel I did not feel that it would be that out of character for her to fall in with another really terrible decision. So I mean we'll see where that goes a little later, but I was I was fairly upset at this point. <laughs> yeah, so was I. I. I was not looking forward to whatever was going to happen next. So there's a, a brief conversation after that. Uh, we are back at Dragonstone where there's a conversation with the, uh, talking about the dangers that, you know, it poses for Daenerys to go north. And, and that it would be safer for her to just fly to winter. And John and John basically says, no, if we're going to have these people fight for us, they need to mm -hmm. see us. We need to be together. We they we need to basically inspire the troops, I think, is where he was going with that. They need they need to see yeah. us. And, you know, they need to know that we're we're with them and whatnot. And ultimately, Danny ends up agreeing with John and she says, we will sail to White Harbor and and travel to Winterfell from there. She's not going to fly her dragons all the way to Winterfell and just meet them there. So it's a nice long ship ride for John and Danny. Yep. And before they leave, uh, as John is exiting the throne room at Dragonstone, Theon asks to speak with John alone, and I'm like, "Oh, great! Jon Snow is going to die." Or I don't know or why. Or Theon's going to die because <laughs> right. Jon Snow really is not happy with him. No, he's not. And you know. It it was pretty tense. I mean, I was watching their the character stances because I'm just waiting for Theon to maybe make a move. I don't know, but they end up having a conversation where, you know, Theon basically comes clean and he, he requests a pardon from, you know, John's service to rescue his sister. And, you know, at the the end of the, this conversation ends with John saying, you know, well, you don't have to convince, you know, why are you still standing here talking to me about it? Yeah. And he, he tells him that, that, um, you know, Theon was raised in their house by their father, mm -hmm. Stark and says, you're part Stark, you know, you may not be by blood, yep. but you're part Stark. You grew up with us. He's like, you don't have to choose. You can be both. You can be a Stark and a Greyjoy. 
and and you know Theon says, well, you know, Euron's got my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yep. And he says he's gonna kill her. And John says, why are you still talking to me? Yep. Exactly. Basically, Thank basically you, go get her. Go get her. Yeah, that was such a feel good moment that I was immediately like, Theon's gonna die. <laughs> yeah. This ends badly. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. He's just gonna turn to ash. And he's dead. <laughs> a trapdoor opens and he's just gone. Yeah. And but no, you know, uh, Theon, he marches up to the beach where the remaining men that, you know, from the Iron Islands that were fighting for Ara. Yara. Sorry. For the ones that were fighting for Yara are like, hey, screw this. You know, you saw the dead you heard. We're going to go find us a nice little island. We're going to. We're going to take it over, we're going to kill all the men, we're going to take everything they have, and we're going to live our lives out peacefully. With their women. With their women. And Theon says, no, you know, we're we're past that, that's not us anymore, we need to go save my sister, the queen, our queen. And all those sailors beat the bejesus out of Theon. They spit in his face, they kick him, they push him when he's down. They... And, and while I'm watching this scene, I'm like, did did nobody ever teach this guy how to fight? What is going on here? I mean, like, he doesn't land a single punch while he's getting throttled, and he tries. And it's like, what is going on? I thought that he at least got some training. I... So he was like the Washington Generals, and the rest of the guys were like the Harlem Globetrotter? Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it was. It was like when you're. It was like when the when the big kid puts his hand on the little kid's forehead, and the and the kid just swings at the air. That's kind of like what this scene was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was like Until... what? Until, Until that scene. The groin shot, where the guy basically tries to put a knee in Theon's groin, and Theon just kind of smiles like, eh-eh, nope. And we're going to revisit that later with a user question, but later. <laughs> but he actually takes three knees to the groin, and the guy is so surprised that Theon doesn't go down that he allows Theon to beat him up then at that point. <laughs> yeah, he just lets him kick his ass. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and Theon ends up on his chest just pounding away at his face. I really thought that was going to be one of those excuses to use those those scenes where someone pounds the face into, like, mush. Uh-huh. But he stops before then. Yes. And he so... gets up and tries to fall down, and he's helped up by one of the other sailors. And at that point, they're like, all right, Theon, we're going to follow you and go get your sister. <laughs> so now we're back in Winterfell. Yeah. Yes, we are. This <sighs> scene was nerve-wracking. Extremely. But, like, I had butterflies in my stomach, but... I was very much like, okay, I think here's where all of that annoyingness of the past few episodes is going to pay off. So Sansa brings Arya into the Great Hall and gives this long speech about people being accused of murder and treason. And, and, then... and I'm, I'm going to interject right here because after afterwards, I should have known what was going to happen when Arya walked into the hall. And I'll tell you why after we discuss the scene. Okay. But go ahead. So Arya walks into the hall. There's soldiers all around. Um Baelish or, or Littlefinger is up against the wall on the side, and Sa- Sansa goes into this thing where he's all talking smug. treason and, and murder and all of these things, and then at the end says, and turns and says, Lord Baelish, and basically How do you accused, answer these charges? Yeah, how do you answer these charges? You murdered Lyssa, who's her aunt. Lysa, um, sorry. Uh, did, murdered John Arryn? Is that... John Arryn. Poisoned. Ar- yeah. Arranged for John Arryn to be poisoned. Okay. Which started this whole thing. And then started the conflicts between the Starks and the Lannisters, um, a whole litany of things, which you know, seven seasons worth. Betrayed their father. 
held a knife to his throat, which which Littlefinger was really surprised at because no one was there for that, and he couldn't believe that Bran knew that he had done that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, sold Sansa to the Boltons, which led to all sorts of unpleasantness. And basically, Littlefinger gets pulled front and center, is on his knees wimping and bawling and snotty, and Arya standing behind her, behind him, and with a knife to his throat. And it was oh, glorious. Well, she she's standing in front of him, and he's just begging for his life. And and he doesn't get it. Arya just walks up to him and slits his throat. And it's like, <gasps> yes! I actually cheered at this point in the episode. I threw my hands up in the air. I was like, yes! Yes, they did it to Littlefinger. They didn't kill Arya or, or get this whole convoluted crap going on between the sisters. Whatever. They, they teamed up and it worked. This is great. I was so happy. So, how did you know? After thinking about it, because we talked about it in the last episode, when Arya walked into the chamber, she had the dagger back in her belt. And if you remember, the last interaction we saw with Arya and Sansa, Arya gave she the dagger to it. Sansa, but Arya walked uh, back into the hall with the dagger in her belt. And at that point, I should – because I've been watching that dagger, and that's why I should have known, because I've been watching where that dagger went. Because I'm like, something's going to go on with this dagger, because it's going to kill somebody. And um, sure enough, that was the dagger she used to kill Littlefinger. And I should have known that they had another conversation where the dagger returned to Arya and Arya came back in with it. Yeah. my And, and also of note, Arya now has another face. Yeah, she does. That's true. So, so we may not have seen the last of Littlefinger. Uh, we're going back south yet again. To, back to uh, King's Landing. Yeah, another Jamie Searcy conversation. And another Cersei's... annoying, groveling, regressing Jamie. Again, saying, we have to we have to go through with this, and Cersei's like, "You're an idiot." And of course, of course, Jamie's just gonna bow down again, and then you know, Jamie's like, "Well, wait, you know, you see well, the Jamie's army." Actually, they have. I was gonna say, Jamie's actually already making plans to go up north mm-hmm. with the other generals. Yeah, I don't think Jamie was like, bowing down at all in this particular part. Yeah, no, Cersei's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I'm making." Plans. I was being sarcastic. Oh, and. And Cersei's like, are you a total idiot? I'd lied to him. That's not what we're doing at all. And Jamie's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you saw what they br- You saw what that was. I gave my word that I was coming up. And this is where we see some of the conflict between them because Jamie's word to him means a lot. Finally. Jamie doesn't, Jamie doesn't give his word lightly. Mm-hmm. No. And you, could, you were kind of reminded of that earlier in this episode when he saw Brienne again, where there was, there was a little conversation there that reminded me of, oh, yeah, they were together for a while. He had saved her life. There was some deals made there. Well, you know, I was being super sarcastic there, and I had been waiting for Jamie to kind of come to his senses, and he does. Stand up. He, yeah, he says, "Look, I, I'm, I'm going north." And you know, uh, when it, when it's revealed that you know uh, Euron ran too, and Cersei says, "No, he didn't. No one he did walks what away I told from him me." To. Exactly. Exactly. He's going to Essos to pick up. You know, however many twenty thousand troops from the Golden Company, and you know, I've got them by my wrapped around my little finger. Ah, uh, there you go. Uh, so, so Jamie says, you know, well, well, no, I'm not going to stand for this. And and Jamie was also know, pissed that Euron and Cersei plotted something behind his Inspired, back. Yeah, that yes, he didn't exactly. know about. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, Jamie says, Cersei looks at at the mountain. And Jamie looks, uh, oh, says, what, are you going to have him kill me? Well, give the order. 
And I thought she did. She did. She totally did. And that's what I was talking this about is, earlier with, this, with the, the confusing, confusing head nod. nods. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because she nodded yes, and the mountain pulled his sword. And Jamie and go, looks oh, no. and goes, it goes, really? And it's like, I can't believe you kind of thing. And then walks out. I'm like, what kind of servant is the mountain? She said yes, and he didn't do anything. <laughs> what is that? That's, that was so confusing. You're exactly right. I think they kind but, of did that confusing this on purpose where it's kind of like, well, she wanted him to kill it, but did she, didn't, she didn't really mean it. Like, is, could it be that route that they're taking? Or could it just be that the mountain is a terrible servant? <laughs> Maybe you just I, didn't hear yeah, yeah I don't, I don't he's been know. dead for a really long time. Maybe the hearing's going. <laughs> he's got that his, helmet. His sight is going away. You know, his eyes are all bloodshot. They're filled with. He hasn't with... slept in a while. Yeah, it's like yeah, well, it's like know, Darth maybe... Vader without the mask. He couldn't see, and then he pulled what. his sword, and he's like, "Wait, did you not? I'm not sure what happened." But he can't <laughs> talk, so he couldn't answer. He couldn't ask the question. So he's like, "Wait, you know, maybe she'll say something if I just draw my sword." Okay. No. Yes. No. No. Yes, <laughs> no. All right. And the Nyquil is kicking in. So Jamie, you know, Jamie, so Jamie's not dead and he's no, on a he horse. He, he is riding out of King's Landing, presumably riding north, presumably, where we see these absolutely, well, a, a snowflake falls on Jamie's golden hand. And he, he looks up and he looks around and realizes that it's snowing. And we see these absolutely just beautiful shots of King's Landing as Winter descends upon the south. And it starts snowing for the first time in however long. Mm. It doesn't snow in the south. Hundreds of years, I think. Yeah. Oh, yes, it At does. Least. So we'll see where Jamie ends up. Meanwhile, on the Sam Tarley show, he's hanging out with Bran. And yeah, he shows up. They, I forgot that they hung out together. It's been a while. Yeah, he's like, I remember you. You you helped me. It was actually the first little bit of Bran being you know, human. A little than, bit, yeah. Other than, I guess, technically helping Sansa... Um, and Arya figure out what was really going on. But, you know, he's basically like, so, what's up, Bran? And he's like, well, I became the Three-Eyed Raven. <laughs> and Sam's like, and, I have no idea what that means. And and there's this there's this momentary pause where he kind of looks at him like, and? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sam, Bran to me has actually become that person that, like, you'll randomly say hi to in line at Starbucks just to be friendly, and then you realize that was a terrible idea. And he starts ranting about something, and you're like, oh, no. I have made a huge mistake and committed to standing next to this person to about se for about seven to ten minutes. And that's basically Bran. He's like, I'm the Three-Eye Raven. Huh? It's like, oh, good okay. for you? Congratulations. All right. I don't that's know what that means. But this actually leads to one of the most, the one of the biggest reveals in the entire show, I think. The biggest. Which has been hinted dun, dun, dun. at. It's, there's been bloggers that have written about it. There's been people that have said that it was revealed even by the title of the whole series. All of that stuff that Jon Snow was not Ned Stark's bastard. However, he is actually the legitimate son of, was it Lyanna Targaryen? I, always, I will forget these no. names. Lyanna, Lyanna Stark, Stark and yeah, Rhaegar Targaryen. Stark and Rhaegar Targaryen, yep. Well, I guess technically she is Lyanna Targaryen. Yeah, so, ha. Huh. They were married. And it is that is revealed to us through, I guess, Sam kind of prodding the Three-Eyed Ravens uh, Memory or you know memory library, bank, if you will, exactly. And <laughs> you know, Bran says, "Well, you know, John Snow. It's not his real name. He's he's actually he was born in um wherever the Martells are from. So he's John Sand. <laughs> so he's John Sand, right? And at that point, Sam actually provides him with the information that 
he actually we find out he was paying attention when Gilly was reading the diary and he says, No, 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 no. The the Maester actually annulled the marriage between Rhaegar and the Martell and remarried Rhaegar and Lyanna Stark in a private ceremony. Mm-hmm. So John's not a bastard. <laughs> John's actually the legitimate heir of the throne. Yep. Dun, and, his, dun, and, dun. and his name <laughs> isn't John. It is actually it's... Aegon Targaryen. Yeah, and that's and that's what Bran finds out when he goes back to see the secret ceremony, and then also the conversation between Ned and his sister while his sister was dying from blood loss from giving birth to John, and she says his name is Aegon Targaryen. Protect him. So the Aegon thing now, Aegon Targaryen actually it's a very it's an important name throughout the series because the Aegon was the name of the first Targaryen, Aegon the Conqueror that actually sat on the Iron Throne. And there's also a whole bunch of theories and fables and, and prophecies about other Targaryens named Aegon that will eventually rise to the throne. And since the first Targaryen, Aegon, went ahead and uh, joined the Seven Kingdoms, there are theories that another Aegon Targaryen will also join the Seven Kingdoms. So perhaps. So it's not that much of a coincidence that a lot of Targaryens named their children Aegon because they were all kind of hoping <laughs> for their Aegon to be the one, but hoping to hit the lotto. Possible that this one was the one that might that John, as we know, might actually do it because he is the one that is partly from the north and partly from the south. Has the ability, has the fire side of him and the ice side of him, and of course, the whole name of the the show is a story of fire and story ice. Of fire and so we've talked about in the past the producers clever cuts clever video cuts and and just as it is revealed that you know Jon Snow is in fact Aegon Targaryen the true heir to the throne and related to Daenerys Targaryen we cut to a very uncomfortable scene at least i thought it was very uncomfortable and that is Jon Snow in i'm sorry Aegon Targaryen in bed with Daenerys Targaryen and they're not yeah, he, just talking. He shows up at her cabin, and there's this long silence between them. He knocks on the door, she opens it, and they just kind of stare at each other. And then she just kind of swings the door open. Like, all right, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> it's like, okay. And, and Tyrion just stands outside and listens. Looking Which concerned. Also creepy as well. Yeah, a little creepy McCreeperton. And Rob loved every second of it. <laughs> Wishing I could be a like fly one. on the wall. He missed the next part of the scene because he was on his phone trying to find Rent-A-Dwarf so he can have a dwarf of his very own standing outside of the door. Oh, just, wow. Just staring at the door. That's, wow. <laughs> was that wrong? Oh, that might have been. <laughs> so, yeah. So, being that we've just found out conclusively that John is the heir to the throne and John and Daenerys are, in fact, related. Now they're having sex. And, you know, I mean, the show's done the whole incest thing. And it's obviously frowned upon because Jamie and Cersei have been hiding it because people talk about it and they talk badly about it like it's like it's a bad thing because, you know, it's incest. Um, and while I understand that it <clears throat> it's not uncommon in the Targaryen bloodline, because for since the inceptions of uh, since the inception of the Targaryen household, they've married within the family to keep their bloodline pure for the whole dragon connection thing. So it's it's not unheard of or uncommon for the Targaryens to do that, but it's still kind of the, uh, hey, you're related. Now go have sex. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, and for you guys out there, uh, Danny is John's aunt. Ooh. Yes. Danny's eldest brother is John's father. 
Now, granted, there's like 20 years difference between Daenerys and her eldest brother, which is why her and Jon are so close in age. But it's still kind of creepy. Yeah. And now we're jumping back to Winterfell out on the wall. And Arya and Sansa are sort of making up. And I actually just love this conversation. It, it In a way, it kind of, other than the little finger payoff throat slash, this part also sealed the deal for me. And <laughs> all of that annoyingness between them. When Sansa turns to Arya and says, you're still very strange and annoying. And for some reason, I actually saw the actresses there more than the characters. Partially because of all of the little YouTube videos that those two or Instagram videos those two put out together. But I just feel that like they were just like, you are very strange and annoying. I love you, but you're very strange and annoying. And and in this conversation, you really kind of see some of the some of the mutual respect between them that that hasn't been there in previous seasons. You know, they're 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 sisters. They've been fighting the whole time. But at this point, they kind of realize that they're growing up and they do have they do now have a a strong respect for each other. And is it Arya that tells Sansa that you're you're the strongest person I know? And she I think she even says, I wouldn't have been able to survive what you survived. And then Sansa says, yes, you would have. And then Bran goes to talk to a tree because that's what Bran does. And he goes and sees the wall with his ravens. He sees the the ravens flying over the wall and he sees Tormund and Beric or Bernice. Preparing. Bernice Dondarrion. Looking out from a crow's nest and talking about how high up they a are. A crow's nest. How bad it would be if they've plummeted to their deaths. But um bum And then from out of the woods, you see the dead marching. They've reached the wall, and there's a lot of them, and they're slinking through the trees. And eh. it was also another beautifully shot, creepy there's scene. There's a few of them. Yeah. Just, I think just they just want to sing Christmas carols. We should take so, them Coco. just as, you know, Tormund and Beric Dondarrion... Realize that, oh crap, winter is here. The dead are here. They're at their our doorstep. You hear the sound of flapping wings in the distance when it is. Yeah, they look like they're about to tell the soldiers to get ready for battle when they undead see... Viserion, the yep. zombie dragon. Zombie dragon! With the <laughs> Night King uh, at his command atop uh, Viserion's back. And as soon as, as Tormund and Beric realize that, they say... Get the hell out of here. Everybody run. And Viserion at at the behest of of the Night King absolutely lays waste to the wall in a matter of seconds. Gone. Things stood for thousands of years and one zombie dragon destroyed it. Thanks for a blue fire. Yeah. It was 100% Rob's fault. Please send all hate mail to Give Me Five Podcast. To Rob, I could totally read this stuff. Well, you should. What are you what are you doing with your life? Just saving people's lives. Whatever. Whatever. Get the a typewriter, so sir. The wall. So so he burns yep. down the wall and it just crumbles mm-hmm. into dust. Or ice chips or whatever. Possibly Tormund and Beric getting crushed and or killed in the process, although I doubt it. I I I I doubt it because I don't think they would have their death happen yeah, off camera. I, I bet they tandem parachuted off the wall. Well, there's there's a, there's a couple of options. I mean, they, they could say, oh, well, they made it down. I mean, that's a huge wall. But they could say, oh, well, they made it down the wall before it collapsed. But the other option they had was, remember, the wall runs all the way across the um, the 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 land between from sea to sea, basically. And there's castles all along the wall. So if they couldn't make it down, they could have always just run down to the next castle and went down there. But I, I don't think we've seen the last of Bernice and Tormund. My thought is that Bernice cut open Tormund and is keeping himself warm, like inside of Tormund, as if he. And was I thought they smelled bad on the outside. I think that's yep. a different, 
Um, that's a different movie. Oh. I think. Oh well. It's also our second reference of for that exact scene. Yes, it is. We actually had an episode named that. I think. So that brings us to the end of our. Well, the the, the show actually ends with the with the slope. The wall falls down, and then the dead are just kind of like, "All right, let's go," and they just start slowly marching through the gap. And you just see it. And it's not like a flood. It's not like they're charging through. It's just like, all right, let's go. We got all the time in the world. We're already dead. And it fades to black. And I'm not sure if I heard a dragon scream or if that was my wife screaming at the television. But it was one of me. No, no, screaming at Rob. Cursing my name. Except your sickness kept saved your life on that one. Since you were not here to watch the show. Okay. So let's, uh, I want to move into listener mail. Shall we do that? Yeah, let's get some listener feedback. So we got some listener feedback, and um, one of our listeners, uh, Kristen, she wrote, I love the show, but I believe you're mistaken as to why Gendry had leeches put on him. Yes, the Red Witch needed his blood, but it wasn't to kill Renly. Renly was killed by the shadow love child of Stannis and the Red Witch. After the witch burns the Gendry leeches, she soon finds out that Joffrey has been murdered and alludes to her blood sacrifice as the reason why. So one of us, and I know that was actually me, was wrong. So I will be flogged and given the um, Ramsey Bolton treatment as a result. Thanks, Kristen. You're, thank you, Kristen. Which now, wait, wait, which one? The one that Ramsey Bolton gave out, or the one that Ramsey Bolton received? Uh, uh, something. Some. Um, there, we're, we'll, we'll lop off one of my fingers in punishment. We'll, can we'll, I we'll please? We'll lop off one of my little fingers. It'll only, only if the lighter doesn't light. It was also there was also another little thing here. Um, also, I get holy, the reference. Also, holy crap, Greg! You need to actually bleep out the words you say you are going to bleep out. I've been listening to the podcast when I pick up the kids from school, and I should have known better. But your piss poor bleeping skills allowed cunt to be heard by my kids. One of her kids told her afterwards that he didn't need to, that he didn't hear any bad words he's ever heard before. So yay, the the word went completely over his head. It was just, I was just laughing at how I should Thank have God. known better. Now, that being said, we hereby promise to not teach any swear words that are just average swear words. Only the worst of the worst so your child doesn't actually know them. Only the special ones. However, I thank you for your feedback. And, because I know how annoying it is on my end when that happens to me, I will do better at the bleeping, unless it's Jimmy. Because I have to do something to torture him for his terrible, terrible Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pick last week. You're such a cunt. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, Jimmy, would you like to read the next question since you uh, <laughs> you sort of asked for it? <clears throat> yeah. Um, Jordan writes in and he says, uh, removal of crucial components does not turn nether regions into armor, i.e. it would still get it would still hurt to get need there. Need. That was obviously discuss. a comment about Theon or Theon getting need in the crotch area which had been relieved three of all consecutive uh, times three consecutive times been relieved of yeah. all bait and tackle so rob mm. <laughs> you, are resident, you are a resident medical professor yes well so when i need you in the groin three times did it hurt yes it did because i still have my twig and berries um but and and yes yes it does still hurt because there's still nerve endings down there there's still flesh to be pinched upon bone because basically you're slamming you're slamming your knee and pinching skin up against the 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 pubis bone um, so you're still going to have pain. Um, I, I still have mine, so I couldn't say a hundred percent for certain, but the, the pain that you have, I believe is going to be different than the pain of crushing a testicle. So it's, 
I mean, yes, he's correct. There, there would still be pain. Would mm-hmm. it be that? Would it be that crippling, knee-buckling pain that you know we get when you pinch one, or when you take a really good shot to one and you kind of got to catch your breath? I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you if it would be the same as that. But you're, you're not, you're not actually crushing anything at that point. So it would, there would still be some discomfort, but I don't know if it would be the same like knee-buckling, breath-stealing pain that you would get. Now, also, I believe that this really makes me wonder about Jordan if after watching that entire extended length episode and that's the thing he comes off with. That, that's, the, that's the first thing he wants to ask. <laughs> Just but, goes to bed at night scratching his Jordan, head like – Jordan, we do appreciate the question and we're happy to discuss it. Now, there was an, uh, another legit question as well about um, – and uh, he, he wrote this on the Facebook. And so he was, he was a little vague here, but we, we kind of know what he means. So he said uh, – Bran's conveniently selective green seed. So why was why was Bran able to see some things and know some things and then stuff from the past? You kind of watched him revisit it and things that he didn't know. Um, and and I got to say that that I don't really have too much of a problem with this because and, and I know that we've talked about it in past episodes and it's kind of been frustrating. But seeing what happened in this episode really kind of explained it to me. And when mm-hmm. Sam tells Bran about the marriage. And then Bran goes to see it. I was like, oh, that's okay. So basically, basically what I took away from it was, is that Bran is not omnipotent. He doesn't know everything all at once. He does, however, have a catalog of all of history, almost like a library, if you will, that he can Bran go is back and, Google. yes, he can go back and reference it if he knows what he's looking for. So he can say, oh, okay, I'm looking for this, and it involves these people around this time. Oh, yeah, there it is. I found it. Okay, great. So it's it's not like he knows everything all at once. He's not omnipotent, but he has mm-hmm. he has the knowledge base. He has the, the reference material, if you will, at his disposal. So he can, he can basically look up anything. Yeah, and that was my takeaway from it as well. Um, I don't think Bran has ever been – um, especially being a Stark and now, you know, kind of devoid of emotion. I don't think he's the type to play dumb. I, I don't think he's capable of that when he says, oh, yeah, Jon Snow was born in Dorne, so he's a bastard of Dorne, so his last name is actually Sand. I think he honestly believed that. And, and you also got to kind of give him, I guess, a little bit of benefit of the doubt. He is he is still a novice Three-Eyed Raven. He's He's not been the three-eyed raven for for as long as i think the previous three-eyed raven was so that so thank you jordan yes so that wraps up our question and answer session thank you guys for writing um in future episodes whether it be our special episodes or of course the regular give me five episodes uh we love answering questions we love getting questions so ask away okay and here's our last little thing yes um so here's the thing Uh, throughout the this season i was a little hesitant to talk about predictions in fact while recording this i've i've cut out some of the the predictions we made because i didn't want to spoil anything before they happened just in case so there was a few predictions that i if they were too obvious or too linked to the books i kind of would trim them or cut them out but now we're kind of past the books um we're completely past the books from what i know so i figure for the very last season I, we should make some predictions that are absolutely going to be terrible and they're we'll try but i think we will yeah, and I think that uh, we'll we'll have them. They're going to be out there for all posterity, and you guys can mock us after none of them come true next year. 
or 500 and something days from now. Um, so I'm going to start off small, I guess, and you guys can also put some in there. But okay, do you think the Clegane Bowl, as people talk about it online, which would be Gregor Clegane versus Sandor Clegane, the two brothers, do you think it'll actually occur? Who will win? I think it definitely will. I, I think I think that's going to be one of the payoffs from season eight because that's something that a lot of people talk about. <clears throat> and I, I hope it so. Is, it is definitely coming. Yeah, I hope so. I'm gonna go ahead and, and predict um that the Hound wins tenth round by TKO. I I wanna say that the Hound is gonna win, but they really might finish each other off. Either that or it'll be one of those things where uh would it be a, like a Deus Ex Machina or whatever that we talked about in the last episode where the the thing that is supporting the hound finally gives out and the the corpse the corpsely shell just kind of collapses and so the hound is left the winner by default um I, my personal think thought is that the hound will win by fire i think he's going to burn the mountain because he, they've mm. shown too many times nice. that he's scared but of he's... fire i think that might be a thing <laughs> and since they did hint that the, ha- the Hound might be kind of partial to the Lord of the Light. I'm wondering if the Hound doesn't get doesn't possibly die, but get reanimated by someone. You know, I know the last, I know Thoros is gone, but it's possible that others know how. Ooh, do you think, do you think the Hound will end up with a fire sword? Yeah, might be possible. That's why we are making terrible predictions. Yeah. So, Rob, do you want the Hound to have a fire sword? I want the Hound to kill Gregor with a fire sword. There you go. That'd be great. <laughs> in, in the library with Professor Plum. Yes. That's the that official awesome. give me five prediction. Okay, let's uh, go from brother to brother death to, well, well, this is actually a completely <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> I didn't yeah. mean for this to, to work like this, but um, we're going from brother to brother death to aunt and nephew uh, love child. Do you think Daenerys is going to get pregnant from John? Is there is Definitely. she going to have John's love child? Yes. No, I think John's going to get pregnant. Okay, so have his own love child. Okay, so Jimmy thinks John. No, I I absolutely believe it, based on that setup. I don't I don't think there's any skirting around it. I think Danny's going to be pregnant with Aegon's son. Yes. I also agree with that. And and I know that I've heard all of these prophecies floating around. Um, I think it's I think it's entirely possible that um that John and Danny's son is going to be the Lightbringer, not John. Maybe they'll name their son Aegon. Yeah, because everybody thinks that John is going to be because I think John will keep the name John. John is not one for pomp and circumstance. He'll he'll keep the moniker John Snow or John. He, I don't think he'll warm up to the to the Aegon Targaryen name, but I think he will be willing to name the son Aegon. Smaller subplot here. I think I'm gonna go with Lego um, my Aegon. <laughs> Jimmy, did you take some Nyquil as well? I'm about to. Yeah. Do you think Theon rescues Yara and survive the whole thing? I I don't think he'll survive, no. I think he'll free her from whatever bonds, but I, I think Made I an think honorable his death. time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Rob, are you on the same I, I wanted to say martyr. I don't believe martyr, but I'm on I'm on the honorable death bandwagon. Yeah. Honorable death. I think so as well, but I do think that while that storyline seemed the smallest of all of the ones going on during this episode, I'm wondering if there wasn't a bigger portion of that. Because we know that Urine is going south, as Urine is wont to do. And Theon is going north to the Iron Islands, and he's going to realize upon getting there that Euron's not there. So I think they're going to retake the Iron Islands. So first of all, the Yara rescue is going to be easier, and also... 
Theon might be able to send a raven out to John and be like, look, Euron's not here. There's something up. So it might ruin the surprise. If, of course, Jamie doesn't do that as well. Because we Jamie's also that's heading there. That's a good there. point. Yeah. Because Jamie might get up there and be like, look, you just got me, but might not reveal too much else. But if that combined with Theon being like, look, no one's here, they're going to realize but, that they've just left their area completely unguarded. But what they could do is Theon could send the Raven to Winterfell, and Winterfell could keep that information in their back pocket to determine whether or not Jamie is is truthful and forthcoming when he gets there and say, well, you know, you could have told us this or you didn't have to tell us this, but you did. We just happen to already know that it's true. You know what I mean? So they could use that to determine whether or not they can trust Jamie. Okay, another small one, sort of, relatively speaking. Is Tormund alive and will he finally get to be with the large woman? And have massive babies. Um, I, I think he's alive. Um, I see a different fate for Tormund, unfortunately which I guess leads into a, a crazier prediction that I, I get the feeling that unfortunately Tormund's going to turn in the field of battle. Yes, Tormund is alive. He's not going to, which is, which is unfortunate because I like him. Not everyone can. Yeah. And you'd like to see him and Brienne get a moment at least, but, um, it doesn't involve her hacking off zombie Tormund's head. Yeah. You'd like to see them get a I, moment. I, I don't even know that, that they're going to, I don't even know that they're going to get that moment. But I think Brienne is going to. I, I think I think that could happen. Yes. I'm going to be the romantic here and say yes. They're going to live very happily together and make very many large babies. Okay. Oh, you poor deluded fool! This is Game of Thrones. Nothing happy happens. It's true. Um, let's. I'm reading down. I know you guys put on someone here. I know Jimmy did. Would you like to do a few more? Uh, some of the crazier predictions, I guess. Um, my. Greg wrote here in the show notes a uh, question. Will Cersei become the Night's Queen? To which I responded, LOL, um, because I just don't see that happening. Uh, there has been some talk about every episode of the eighth and final season being movie length for each episode, no less than an hour and a half. I don't know where those rumors have come from, but I've heard them from you, Greg, and another person as well. It's uh, from an interview with um with uh jamie lannister's actor the actor that plays jamie lannister it's from an interview with him that said that the episodes are really long nicolas coster valda um i i i don't believe that will happen um my huge prediction and the thing that i can kind of see playing out in my head is that um what's the remaining dragon not drogon uh Rhaegel. not viserion Rhaegel. Rhaegel? yeah I believe it's Rhaegel because she had she had one named for Cal Drogo, one named for Rhaegar, and one named for Viserys. So she had Viserion, Drogon, and Rhaegel. I because I don't think it was Rhaegon. I think it was Rhaegel. It's Rhaegel. Boom. I I believe that Rhaegel will be no match for undead Viserion, and I could see just I I see things canceling each other out here. I think uh, that Drogon and Viserion will take each other down. And I believe that there will be new dragons left. Well, I I think, and and I've I've looked at a little bit of this, um, but su supposedly I guess in this in this universe, dragons are hermaphroditic and they can re reproduce as long as there's two. Um, I think what'll happen is Drogon and Viserion will go will go at it, and Drogon will lose. 
but Viserion will be so damaged from the battle that Rhaegal is able to finish him off. Like sexually? I could, yes. What? (laughs) No, from the, the, the the Drogon. And the life of the zombie dragon. But, but. You're going to edit that But Drogon, yeah. But Drogon, that's staying in, baby. Drogon and Rhaegal could reproduce and have eggs. Drogon and Rhaegal could reproduce and have eggs so that there will be future dragons. Um, Oh, okay. And um, that's where I went with that. I know I just kind of left that hanging. Um, No, I, I understand. But but they could they could reproduce and have eggs. But then, as far as the battle goes, Drogon and Viserion would would you know Drogon would would ultimately die. But he would injure Viser- Viserion so much that Rhaegal would be able to finish him off. Yeah, man, the show is going really good. I don't know why episode six was just a big <laughs> dragon orgy. What was that? <laughs> Holy crap! It just derailed. What happened? <laughs> yeah. Those three dragon eggs stayed dormant for a very long time. So I kind of get where you're going with that. Okay, let's see. Okay, so here's one that involves a little bit of explanation. So there's a prophecy. <laughs> Not like that last one. <laughs> yeah, like good, good uh, explanation. So there was a prophecy called the Valancourt prophecy, and it was shown in one of the earlier, um, one of the early season episodes where they showed Cersei as a young girl going to the woods to talk to this like old lady named Maggie the Frog. And the prophecy or the Valancourt prophecy says. Um, something along the lines of, and when your tears have drowned you, the Valonquar shall wrap his hands around your pale white throat and choke the life from you. Basically saying that the Valonquar, who is her younger brother, will kill you. And everyone, of course, thought that it was Tyrion, which is one of the reasons why Cersei was trying to get rid of Tyrion. Do you think that that will come true and that Jamie will be the one that kills Cersei? Hopefully. Because I don't know that Tyrion could choke the life out. He choked the life out of Shay. Did he not? I believe that's true. However, I don't think Tyrion would be the one to do that to Cersei. Uh, Jaime does only have one hand, so he can't wrap his hands, uh, that's true. plural, around Cersei's throat. This may be, for me, one of the things that is kind of altered and left behind as the the writers have maybe tried to sweep that under, not so much sweep that under the rug, but go in a different direction. So... I don't think so, actually, now. I say hopefully, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I think it will. I don't think Cersei is going to survive. How she doesn't survive, I can't, you know, I'm not going to. I agree. No idea. There's so many things they can do. Because, as I said before, I'm a romantic, and I I think he needs to end it. (laughs) Nothing says romance like strangling your love by the moonlight. Exactly. Okay, here's the big one. Is Bran the Night's King or the Night King? Or did he accidentally create the Night King? No and no. No, he is not. And I'm going to say not on purpose. So that would be accidentally create the Night King. Maybe. No. I think he is. But he's, I don't think. What's his motivation? That I believe it was more of an accident, but it's, but it's him. Because he, he has been going back in time and affecting the past. And there are conversations that he was the one that drove the Mad King Targaryen mad by whispering in the ear, you have to burn them. Because as you know, as I said last episode, that just like the Hodor thing, there were still some problems with when he sent his voice back into the past that didn't exactly translate properly. Um, also, then he went back further to the um, the forest children or um, the children of the woods, I believe is what they're called. And Children of the forest. Yeah, children of the forest. And remember, the Night King was made by them. And by putting dragon glass into their heart. And if you look throughout the series, um, Bran has shown that he recognizes Jon Snow. 
He also, the builder of the wall was Bran the Builder, so that could have been another time period where he, where he went back, and he's named after Bran the Builder. And also, the just even the costuming, I mean, Bran's costuming has gotten more and more like the white the night king where it has like that it's like slimming but it's got that like flare at the bottom and like the shoulder things so he looks a lot like him and even the actors look alike so i'm gonna go yes i think that the internet denizens have actually gotten that one right uh i i i would still say no um the whole the whole name thing i gotta believe or at least i i feel is still along the same lines as Aegon is with the targaryens um bran is just a a name that that means something and resonates with the people in the world. So, so yeah, no, I, I would, I would have to say no. And we'll just go quick on the last ones. Ready. At the end of this, the show, who's going to end up on the throne at King's Landing? Go. Mm, Tyrion. John is going to be the king of everything. Okay. Casterly Rock? Probably Jamie. I think Tyrion. I actually agree with Rob. Winterfell. Sansa. Uh, Sansa at Winterfell. Uh, Dragonstone, or doesn't that really matter? Dragonstone will be. Jo- I'm. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that, say the, fact that the fact that they're related doesn't matter, and they're going to be married anyway. So Dragonstone will be will be Daenerys, but Daenerys will be at Jon Snow. My thought for Dragonstone was possibly uh, the translator woman and the Unsullied Miss Sandy. Miss Sandy, yeah, the guy can't. The woman who I can't ever remember her name. I thought that might be for Dragonstone, but I was wondering if maybe they would go back to Marine and lead there. So the next one, of course, Marine. Eh? I think you just kind of switched it. So I, I would say Masande and uh, and Grey Worm, perhaps. Yeah, at Marine. So Dragonstone, I believe, is probably no one, or maybe Jorah. And, of course, the Iron Islands, the last one, which is the least important, but... Yara. Sh- Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> That'd be a twist. Probably even more controversial than our dragon orgy. What a twist. So I but my, know the pain. Hot to my, relax it away. My my uh overall prediction for the final season is that John is going to end up on the throne simply because he's the only one who doesn't everybody else wants to be the, the ruling monarch. And John keeps having keeps having the leadership thrust upon him. He doesn't seek it out. But he gets basically elected. People want to fight for John. People like John, and and he doesn't want he doesn't want the the title. He doesn't want the title, but he does it because he feels like the people expect it from him. And he's he's a servant of the people, just like his father, Ned Stark. So I think John is going to end up ruling the Seven Kingdoms. I can agree with that. I'll I'll get on board with that. I think John will as well. Um, his sense of duty, I think, will. He said. Duty. He did. Push him in that direction. And, and he said duty he, push. <laughs> uh, although he might 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 take it kind of begrudgingly, I think he will, and I think he'll be a good king. Yes. Not He's the level-headed sure what, king that everybody Yeah. Wants. Okay. Well, guys, that was our predictions. And guess what? We have actually done the entire seventh season of Game of Thrones. Woo! Or boo! Now we gotta wait till what? 2019? Something like that. Oh! About another twenty or thirty years, I think. Thank you guys for listening. I'm Greg. I'm Rob. I'm Jimmy.
conversation about lineage and which is a no which no a good what (laughs) (laughs) Oberon was the guy that was kind of like always sitting up in that one area right no Oberon was the guy who had his head crushed by the mountain the sand sand. sand this is coming off the rails (laughs) you can talk about uncomfortable cuts now fuck you (laughs) (laughs) beep (laughs) I'm just kidding I love you